Thank you for tuning in to the Her Royal Roots podcast station. We are currently in a series titled, A Wise Woman Builds Her House. Lessons are taught by Holda Dawid, or a special guest bringing insight to the Hebraic understanding of what it means to be a wife, mother, or a woman in a Hebraic community. All of the insight we give is through a scriptural, cultural, or bio-agricultural understanding of the times in which the scriptures were written. By listening, you will be tuning into a live recording of the session. We are so thankful that you chose to join us. We hope that you are blessed. Shalom. Royalty. Royalty. I was in a chosen people. Bible in my hand, word inside my heart, and pain before my eyes. Broken people wanting to believe in something, looking for a light, trying to find the truth. Okay, so last week um, we had a kind of refresher, if you want to call it that. And so, um, I, uh, I tried it again last night. I let Marvin participate. And so he was kind of, he didn't know that it was like that relaxing. So he was like kind of pitter patting around. And I was like, come on, let's, you know, do this whole feed thing. And I added a couple more things, um, like some apple cider vinegar. But it kind of smells funny, so I didn't want to do it with everybody. And um, sat there, we watched the Olympics. And then after like 35 minutes of I took my feet out, put my feet on the couch, and I was like, completely out, completely out. So that was like a refreshing. So this um, week, we're going to deal with three, three, three things. So these words, I have like their, their book definition, mm-hmm. but we're going to deal with prolong, renew, and return. And so... Um, Sometimes when you're on a journey, you need a refresher, you know, something to kind of boost and reset some things. So um, the reason why this came to me, so we're dealing with that whole idea of like redemption and um, restoration and renewal and refreshing and resetting. And one of the greatest redemptions or renewal resetting is what Yah is going to do with his whole family. And so we hear about it a lot in church. Like, okay, when we get to heaven or when we get to, when we get to be with Yah or Yeshua and it's going to be this and that. Mm-hmm. But the actual promises in the process are one of those things that are a cycle that happen over and over throughout Scripture so that we know that they're happening. And um, so the idea of prolonging and renewal and return are actually a picture, if you want to talk about it, of a mother who's getting ready to give birth. And so um, we talked about before that a woman's redemption is in child rearing or in childbirth. So I'm going to give you that, ber- um, that verse really quick. So um, likewise, the nation... Of Israel and their redemption is also seen 
in um, child in in the birthing process. Yam gives a lot of examples of the redemption or restoration of the nation being like a woman who goes into birth. So Yah starts off like, I've known you since your mother's womb and I've carried you and I've nourished you. And then he does this whole thing like, okay, have you seen this thing? Have you ever seen a man travailing, like holding his stomach and groaning? He's like, well, this is likened to the birth of this nation or the rebirth or their redemption. And so he keeps making these pictures back and forth. So I figured that would be something that we could obviously relate to because all of us have children and that whole process and how that looks and how it allows us to see and be aware of what's happening in time. Because you have so many people talking about the end times this and this time is coming and this is going to be this and this is going to be that. But it's all based upon a most of the time a Eurocentric view because it's based upon what's happening in America. And what are people doing? And what? But it's not actually based upon the timeline that Yah has set up and what it would look like. Because remember, the things that we can see as believers, those people who are not reading and studying scripture, they're not going to be able to see. Because they're, they seem to, they're too plain. Yeshua spoke in parables. And when we read them, we're like, oh, yeah. He, he literally would give the answer to the parable. At the end of the parable, people will still go, what does that mean, though? You know, like he's like a sower went out to sow a seed. And he's doing all this. And then he goes, and the seed is the word of Yah. And then you'll have people come back and say, oh, no, 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 that was man's seed. And you're like, no, it literally says, and the seed was the word of Yah. But if you're not spiritually in tune to what Yah is doing through his word, then you'll never see it for what it is. And how fickle does it look for Yah to actually compare the process of the birthing and return and restoration of a na- nation to childbirth. So guess what? Nobody who, a person who doesn't look and pay attention to the things that happen around them will never see that. You know what I mean? You have people who have participated in birthings and can never draw the correlations between that. Or you have men who can see a child be born and then just walk away and leave the family. Like, so you didn't, you didn't actually experience the miracle. You were not moved by it. And it's the same thing with the word. You can read it and then not feel anything or not internalize anything about it. So the verse um, about women will be saved through childbearing mm-hmm. is First Timothy um, two fifteen. Okay, and so it says, um, even though she will be saved through child the, the birth of the child or childbearing. Um, if they continue in faith, love, holiness, and also with good judgment. So while this directly relates to the woman, it also relates to us as a people. So in order for a nation to be restored, Yah must start with the family. So we've been this whole time bringing everything back to something that we all experience around us. And so like earth is a home. It's a house that Yah gave and he put Adam in this garden. So we can experience the idea of a father or the creator placing a man and giving him a job and giving them something to do within this place. It's a protected region. He places the woman there. He's supposed to protect her. They have children. They're supposed to protect those children. And so everything must start with the family. So what does Yah do when he chooses a nation? He grabs a family. And he says, now this family is going to be my example to the rest of the world. It's a family. So we get out of this picture that we can somehow separate from the family um, and still be in the family. It doesn't work like that. It, it's impossible. That's just like you have people who 
you we all have family like this where like they're in the family but they don't ever come to nothing mm-hmm. they don't ever want to participate mm-hmm. in nothing yeah. but then if everybody got some money all of a sudden they would show oh, up no 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 if the, and normally the person who is the beneficiary the person in charge mm-hmm. of the money would say you know what yes you are family but all these people labored and you didn't they did the things um i have a friend of mine and um like or friends multiple people who care for their elderly parents Mm -hmm. and so you always have like one or two people who are always there they're there day in day out day in day out and then as soon as the parent passes then all the other siblings come and want something and then i mean and you can imagine at first i used to be like well it's kind of jacked up it was their parent but no i was here every day to the end doing everything they didn't get what they thought they were supposed to get and then you you don't get something but how can you reap the benefits mm-hmm. of this family if you don't want to be in the family? You only want to be in the family when it's all good, but you don't want to be in the family when there's a struggle. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. And so Yah is the same way. So everything starts this family. So the first word we're going to look at, it's called Aruka. And it literally, in, um, it's on your, I guess it's on the third, third page. Yes. Okay, so in, when you immediately pull it up, in like a Strong's or like if you have a Bible dictionary, it's going to give you the word health, right? But that word has a root word, and we talked about this, where it means something in a noun form, but it also has a, it always has to have a verb form. So the verb form literally means to prolong or stretch skin. How cool is that? So everybody who's been pregnant know what stretched skin or a prolonging is, right? And it's in the feminine. So you, now you can see like a picture immediately and it has to do with length so a parallel so you see that that whole picture of a prolonging so this one's on this page and so we're going to look at ezekiel 20 and 12 so if somebody has that can you read it and read it a little bit loud so that people will listen to this later uh, ezekiel 20 uh i mean sorry exodus 2012 i'm sorry exodus 2012 Honor their Exodus twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. Honor thy father and and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the mm-hmm. Lord mm-hmm. thy God giveth thee. I'm okay, sorry. no, it's good. So you see how immediately when Yah starts dealing with the idea of prolonging, it immediately mm-hmm. refers back to something that has to do with the family. Mm-hmm. So the definition is prolonging stretched skin. We're talking about obviously. The idea of pregnancy or anything that has to do with skin stretched out and fattening. So fattening is the idea, obviously, of skin. But in Hebrew, that's a good thing. It means fullness and life and wealth. So all these things are positive. So I'm going to give you some of the verses that um, the, the corresponding verses that deal with that same thing, honoring your parents. So prolonging or honoring your parents makes your life long. Because obviously the opposite of that is dishonoring them will make your life short in a couple of ways. One, it's a disgrace before Yah and it's a disgrace to his family of people. But also, if you're disrespectful to your parents, they will kill you. In biblical times, you would be stoned for disrespecting your parents. 
See how easy that was? And we said, like this, I brought you in the world. I'll take you out. i take you out of it. Okay. So, <laughs> so we'll read through these. So Matthew 15, 4. This is Messiah talking. He says, for Yah said, honor your father and your mother. And anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. Matthew nineteen nineteen, honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. All these, by the way, Messiah, as we just read, he's quoting Exodus 20, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the Ten Commandments. He's mm-hmm. quoting the law. So saying that Messiah never pointed people back to the law is a lie because he's doing it right here. Mm-hmm. So um, Mark seven ten, for Moses said, honor your father and your mother. And whoever curses father or mother must be put to death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mark ten nineteen. You know the commandments. Here he is referring to the commandments again. Mm-hmm. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. And honor your father and your mother. He's constantly doing this whole pointing back thing for a reason. He's dealing with a family of people. Mm-hmm. Messiah is a part of a family. And he's dealing with his family based upon these rules. These are the family rules. I'm going to bring the family rules back to you because the rules prolong the life of the family. Okay. Um, Luke 18:20. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. Ephesians 6, 2. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise. What is the promise? Do you guys know what the promise is? The promise is if you don't do it, you're going to be put to death. Yeah. <laughs> Leviticus 19.3 Every one of you shall reverence his mother and his father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am Yahuwah, your Elohim. Deuteronomy 5.16 Honor your father and your mother as Yahuwah your Elohim has commanded you that your days may be prolonged and that it may go well with you on the land which Yahuwah your Elohim gives you. So here's that word prolonged brought out in a, in a bigger sense. Deuteronomy 5.33 You shall walk in all the way which Yahuwah your Elohim has commanded you that you may live and that it may be well with you and that you may prolong your days in the land which you possess. He says it again. He says it twice for emphasis. And then Deuteronomy 6.2 So that you and your son and your grandson might fear Yahuwah your Elohim to keep his commandment. I mean, to keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. So you have this idea of prolonging these days or making these days long or stretching them out as a promise to the family based upon obedience. Okay. So people often ask, obviously in these last days, why it seems like time is taking so long. Well, part of the grace process is to prolong the days so that you and your sons and your grandsons might fear Yah. It's a time to move. It's, it's that whole idea of prolonging for renewal or restoration so that we can return or go back to Yah. You can't return without the renewal or restoration portion. Just like the same thing with your body. You can't keep doing things and wear yourself down and then think you're going to keep moving forward mm-hmm. and live a good and he- healthy life. Your body's going to break down and eventually it's going to lead to destruction. It's the same thing with the family. These days are prolonged so that there can be renewal and restoration. Okay, so let's look at this word. Um, actually, we'll skip over that. Okay, so the next one is to renew. 
So that word is, and I like this one because it confirms some things for me. It's ha or hadasha or hadash. And so if you've heard me say Brit Hadasha or New Testament, so it's the same thing. So this whole idea um, where I'm actually going to pull the verse. So remember when uh, Yahushua says, and this is the New Testament in my blood. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to give you. This is what we build, I guess, everything about our, what we did at our Christian faith on. It's like, well, see, he said it's a new, it's a new testament. It's a new thing because our definition of new and Yah's definition of new are completely different. Because he says, one, there's nothing new under the sun. That's what Solomon said. And then Yah says, I don't change. So in order for something to be new, there has to be a change. If somebody tells you, oh, (laughs) here's your car, and I'm going to give it back to you like new, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You don't expect to get a new car. You just expect for that car to be put in a perfect condition, right? So, but if you give somebody a car... And they pull up with a new car, and you're like, wait, but I like the old one. Like, unless you just want a new one, but most more likely than not, you know, you would just want your car that's been functioning perfectly fine if it was a good car. Okay, so it's um, uh, so that verse is uh Matthew twenty six twenty eight, where he says this is uh um the covenant twenty six twenty eight. Mm-hmm. And then um, 1 Corinthians 11.25. And then um, it reads like this. After the same manner, also he took the cup. 1 Corinthians 11.25. When he had supped, saying, this is the New Testament, or the New Covenant, right? Or New Kadash, right? Um, Is this the New Covenant? In my blood, this do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Okay, so we've all heard that a bunch of times. Okay, and so that word obviously is a verb, and it means to renew. So that's how it's, it's looked at here. So if you look over here, it has to do with the idea of being new, renewing. A month of renewal. So, like, every month we know we're not getting a new moon. But we say it's a new moon when the moon actually goes through and she does her waxing gibbous and waning gibbous and crescent. Mm-hmm. And she does her whole thing. And when she starts all over, it goes, okay, it's a new month. But did the moon, Do we just get a new moon? Or did the moon actually go through its phases and then renew, renew herself? Okay. And so... Um, Let's go to Leviticus 26 and 10. Read it a little bit louder. And he shall eat old store and bring forth the old because of the new. Okay, so immediately you see the whole idea that Mm-hmm. The old brings forth the new. Mm-hmm. You're not getting a new thing 
from a new thing. You can't get you can't get something new from something that didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. You can only get something from something that previously existed. Mm-hmm. So same thing. I can't just go outside and then just stick my finger in the ground and imaginarily put some seed or pray over it and say, "Y'all bring forth watermelons right here." No, I have to have a seed which came from another seed and put it in the ground. So that whole idea of everything, every seed bearing every fruit bearing seed after its own kind so if that's the concept that we dealt with in genesis right then the same concept obviously goes throughout the bible so the seed is in the new testament the word of yah so then all seed has to bear all fruit has to bear seed from its own kind so if the seed is the word of yah in the old testament then the seed is the word of yah in the new testament Right. And so if the idea that you're going to reap from that which is old, like Leviticus said, and you'll eat from that which is old, then in the New Testament, you're going to be eating from that which is old. So if the word was that of old in the Old Testament, when you get your shoe in the New Testament, that's the word of old. He's not changing anything. Okay. So then the idea of the definition being to being new or renewing or repairing, you kind of see that. Okay. So I'm going to give you some verses for that so there's that there's not a bunch of like the other one so leviticus 25 22 when you are sowing the eighth year you can still eat old things from the crop eating the old until the ninth year when its crop comes in so you're not until put it like this when yeshua comes you're still eating of the old word. Mm-hmm. It's not, and even forever, because it sustains his, his word sustains the universe. You're not going to experience some. We're not going to experience something new until we get to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's the new. That's the thing that hasn't been experienced before. Mm-hmm. That's where there's new names and new trees and new rivers and new foundations, a new heaven and a new earth. So this is not a renewed heaven and a renewed earth, but this is a new thing now. But everything that functions at this point, even when it comes to Messiah, is a renewed thing. I'm renewing that which I gave you before. I'm bringing it was good. If the crop from the eighth year is good, you can eat it in the ninth year. So if the crop from the Old Testament is good, you can eat it in the New Testament. It never went bad. He, that's his whole point. He's like, I'm manna. I am the bread of heaven, which lasted. And you could keep it. And you can eat it. And you could, you know, it, it sustained you. Okay, so Joel 2 and 24. And he says, the threshing floors will be full of grain. And the vats will overflow with new wine and new oil. Right? So anybody who plants knows that new wine and new oil come from the old seeds from the old plants. So it's a constant renewing. It's it's a constant flowing. So through obedience and diligence you get this this constant this constant flowing. Okay, so um on this one, I think it's eleven six five right here, and it has the two letter root. And it has the idea of a unit to unite and unity. And so, so the pictograph, and it's the het, is a picture of a wall. And the dalit is a picture of a door. Combi- combine these mean wall, door. A wall separates the inside from the outside. Only through the door can one enter or exit, uniting the, outside, the inside with the outside. Okay? So then I'm going to give you a verse. Make it all make sense. So if you talk, he's talking about, I, this is the New Testament of my blood, which means I'm going to create a covenant that allows this to happen. 
Yeshua says, I am the door. And nobody comes to the Father but through me. Right? And he says, anybody that goes around it or under it is a thief and a liar. Right? So then you have this idea that there is a door. He's the door between this to the, from the people on the outside to bring them in. But then also the door so that from this old covenant, you can now renew your covenant. You're coming through the door into the same house. You're not going into a new house. Like he's not opening the door and saying, hey, when you come through here, it's going to be like one of these magic doors and it's a portal and it's all of a sudden going to be something different. No, no, no. You're on the outside and you're, I'm going to just open the door so you can come inside because because of your sin and this wall and this fence and the separation, you've been, you've been kept out. So instead of just building a whole new house, how about just cut a door so that people can come in? Like if the, if the house is completely walled in, why well, say, let's just build a new house next door. No, how about just make a door and then you can just open the door and come into the house. That's what he allowed to happen. You repent of your sins and then um, the door to Yahweh is then open and you go in. Right. So then you're, you're allowed to dwell. That is grace. Grace is being invited to dwell in the tent. Grace is not standing outside and say, I can stay outside as long as I want. That's silly. I want to go in the house. It's like going to a wedding and say, I know there's a wedding in there, but I'm just going to sit outside in the parking lot. No, I want to see the wedding. The whole idea of being brought in the house is to reap the benefits and to celebrate and to rejoice with the family and to be protected. So it's the same. As long as you're on the outside, you don't, you don't reap or you don't reap the, the, the benefits until you actually come in. Right. You can only, you can only like people say, you have an experience you can only talk about what somebody else experienced it, but you never came to the, through the door and experienced it for yourself. And so, but once you have the opportunity to come through the door, come through. He says, behold. He's like, I'm, I'm knocking. I'm like, hey, yeah. you want to you wanna participate? Okay, maybe not. <laughs> so um, on here, the idea of renew is to make something like new through repair. So there was nothing wrong with the old covenant except for us. So he's like, it's just like a tapestry. If you have an expensive rug, and I know people who have Persian rugs and different stuff, um, you don't throw out the rug because somebody walked in with high heels and snagged the rug. What do you do? Um, excuse me, Persian rug shop repair guy. Can you fix this portion of the rug that's been messed up because somebody was careless with my rug? Yah's the same way with his word. I'm not giving you a new word. I'm saying, um, okay, I have a redeemer. I have a kinsman redeemer. I have redemption. I have salvation. Come in and put your blood on this part where they messed it up. And then we'll carry forward from there. I'm not giving you a new covenant. He didn't do anything wrong. Yah didn't do anything wrong. His law and his way is perfect. Man messed it up. So why should you give somebody something new? If I gave you a car and then you jacked up that car, why would I keep going out and buying you a new car every time you mess up the car? No, I would say you need to get your car fixed. Like, it would be silly. Like It's bad parenting. That's like Donald Trump style parenting. I'm rich, so I'm just going to keep buying you stuff because I don't want to fix it. No. You're going to learn how to take care of your things, and so you're going to fix them when they break. My grandmother was very, very big on that. You took care of stuff, and if something broke, you fixed it. You didn't just go out and go buy a new something because you don't, then, you, then you don't appreciate anything. And y'all's the same way. Why would I give you a new law or a new word when you don't even appreciate the old one? Learn to appreciate that one first. And then you prove you didn't appreciate it because you killed the Messiah when he came. Right. 
So you still got a lot of work to do. The prolonging process. So, so good. it's still the same way. Um, so obviously a renewal, a repair, a restoration, or in this sense it says a replacement. But it's not a replacement with something that's not the same. If I if I have a three thousand uh, dollar, I don't know what do I, if I have a ten thousand dollar car, mm-hmm. I don't want somebody to replace that ten thousand car with a one thousand dollar car. Right. I want you to give me something of equal or greater value. So would Yah replace His word with something less? All those promises and all that stuff in the Old Testament. Would He take all that and just say, okay, you know, just love each other? And then nobody understands what love means because you have nothing to define it by. So that's a lesser value. I'd rather take all of the old and then add a little bit of grace and restoration and renewal to it and then understand how to carry out all those things that you gave me before instead of giving me something new and just say, well, if you mess it up and you don't get it, well, that's on you. You know, that's kind of cruel. And so that's what he does. He's like, no, I'm going to give you... I'm gonna give you a thing. I'm gonna give you a word that walks it out. Yeshua comes and he walks out how you're supposed to live and how you're supposed to treat people and how you're supposed to react and how you're supposed to care. So that when you didn't understand it there because you've been so removed from the culture, you can see an actual working picture of what you're supposed to be doing and how you're supposed to treat people and how a friend, how a person lays down his life for an enemy and how all these things happen. That is family. Because remember, he's not laying his life down for strangers. The enemies or his own family. Mm-hmm. And then his family creates an allegiance with these outside people and chooses allegiance with the outside people over the people on the inside. And then you get the people on the inside killed. I'm pretty sure we can all relate, <laughs> relate to something similar to that. And so he, his enemies are those in his family. So you have this picture, obviously, if you're talking about the, re, the great redemption to, to heaven or to the kingdom, is... This like it's like birth. So you get the seed all the way in Genesis that's planted into the mm-hmm. word and it starts to grow and you see these people and they grow in their wickedness, but then all of a sudden you see, and then you see the Messiah come and then they don't accept. and so you see this like birth pains. It's like I'm trying to bring forth a nation, but then there's all these attacks against this. So when you get to the book of Revelation, you have this woman who's hiding and trying to keep, you know, the people she's supposed to be obviously like the saints and she's hiding in the woods and trying to because there's a constant attack on this particular group of people and it's a birthing process. Yah is trying to bring forth his people to the whole world in order to draw them back to him. And so it's the idea of a family. Mm-hmm. It's Adam. Adam and Eve or Chihuahua were supposed to do the same thing. They were supposed to be lights and they were supposed to pretty much go forth and teach everybody else how to then come to Yah, come to the garden, come to this place which is a, a picture of like heaven. You want to be dwell in the presence of Yah. So you want to be obedient. Okay, so the last one is the idea of return. So after prolonging, so after this birthing process, so you're full and you're all pregnant and it's like it's happening. And then there's this renewal. So you're getting the same thing over again. It's, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. And it's crazy if you think about it like birth. Imagine a person being pregnant for like, you know, 10,000 years. Because that's kind of, I mean, you keep getting these births, I guess. You get the birth of the nation in um, Exodus. And then you get all these like renewals, right? Mm-hmm. But part of the birthing or the, the travailing, if you want to say that the birthing process, is these captivities. 
These are all, every time they, we as a people come out of captivity, we're supposed to be renewed. renewed. You're supposed to be like, whoo, yeah. after this whooping, I don't want a whooping no more. <laughs> and then after a time, you kind of fall back away and then you go back in. You go back into the womb or to the captivity and then, okay, you're out. Okay, I'm renewed. I want to be right. And then you go back. And so Yas like finally get to, gets to a point like anybody would. That's enough. Right. There's no more prolonging. There's no more renewal. Mm-hmm. There's only the bringing forth, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so the last word is the word, I think it's shuv or shub. So it's shub mm-hmm. or shab, and it means to return. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, one of the great things about um, pregnancy, you want to deal with it in, in a smaller sense. So in the beginning, it's like long. It's like, oh, I got 32 more weeks <laughs> once you find <laughs> out, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, around, like, 20 weeks, you have this, like, you know, you're all sick until then. And then right around 20 weeks, you get this, like, burst of energy. And you're like, oh, I want to shop. And my belly's all cute. And I want to do stuff. And then all of a sudden, it starts getting big again. And then you're like, again, it's from the beginning. How long? I'm ready for this to be over. So you go from a prolonging to a renewal to a prolonging again. But then the end part is a return. Where, if you want to put it into agricultural, agricultural terms... You plant the seed, you don't see nothing happen for like maybe a week and a half, then you get a little sprout, you're all happy. Then all of a sudden it's a long time before it puts on fruit. And but then after that you get a return. So you get the fruit yielded forth. So birth is like you have this whole thing coming in and the fruit is then you see the fruit of your labor, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> and so the idea of a return in scripture has to do with reaping the fruit of your labor. So if you've um, read the Revelation, it talks about that. I mean, and it talks about it in prophecy in the Old Testament too, where it talks about Yeshua coming through and reaping like with a sickle, kind of like reaping the crop and separating the wheat from the tear. This is him gathering that, which is his, back to himself as a return. He says, all those are mine. I haven't lost them. I'm coming to get what is mine. Same thing with the parent. When I have the baby, I'm, when I leave the hospital, I'm taking mine with me. That's, that's, the, that's the natural process of things. And so this word, um, it has to do with returning, bringing back. And it also can be in the, in the negative, obviously, because all Hebrew words are negative and positive. It has to do with backsliding, so returning back to an old way. Okay, returning after forced departure. So obviously mm-hmm. captivity as a forced departure. Mm-hmm. Um, withdrawing or repeating something. So mm-hmm. that whole idea of returning also carries with it if you return and then you backslide, you're going to repeat this and then I'm going to have to return and bring you back again. It's a process. So what has to happen in the last redemption is that Yah has to stop the perpetual process of the people returning, backsliding, being forcibly drawn out and then being brought back in again. Okay, so this one, it says um, to turn or to seat. The picture shin is a picture of the two front teeth representing pressing. The bet is a picture of a tent. Combine these mean press to the tent. A picture of dwelling as a place to return to. A turning back or away from someone or something. A captive is one turned away from a place of dwelling. So we're turning to one's place of residence where one sits. um, And to turn back to a previous state or place. So you have this uh, idea of, once again, birthing, where... All you want at the end of the process is for everything to go back. I want my body back. I just want it to be over. I want my baby, and I, but I want things to return back to a place of balance or shalom. You want things to be well. 
And so one of the ones has to do with the redemption of a family as a whole, not only as a physical family, because when there are trials in our physical homes, we always want them to return and restore back to a place where they were good. That's what we want. That's the ultimate goal. I mean, we fuss, we fight, but at the end, if we could just get back to this particular place and we'd be in a, we can build from there. But as long as there's chaos and turmoil, we can't. So that's like that prolonging so that you can kind of draw these people in and then you want a renewal. And once you enter this place of renewal or, or repairing, then there's a return. After we've repaired, then we'll return back to how it was. And so it's the same thing with Yah. You've gone through all these things. I've kicked you out of my land. I've put you into captivity. But the ultimate goal is then for me to renew my relationship with you to fix it and repair it. And then for you to return back home. All parents want their children to return back home. I mean, I've seen people with the worst parents. I've, I mean, with the worst parents, with the worst children, where you're like, you would even let them come back? But in the end, it's like, no, because I remember a time where there was something that I saw in this person. And if we can get back to there, then I can repair and we can fix and then we can return to a right relationship. Yes, you <laughs> it takes time you might be in the prolonging stage where it's just like no this thing has to work out to its fullness it has to get for instance a baby really and this is so true when you're when you're pregnant the baby doesn't want to come out until it gets really uncomfortable right and sometimes children even though they're not children anymore they're not in the womb they can't come out of their way of thinking or repent of their ways mm-hmm. until things get really, really uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable to us, mm-hmm. but they might not be uncomfortable to them yet. Mm-hmm. And it might be a little, but it's not enough mm-hmm. for them to want renewal and restoration. Right. And it takes, sometimes it takes time. Oh. And it's, it's a period of time oh. that a lot, I'm telling you that a lot of us, seem to be uncomfortable with i do that on a daily i'm looking around i'm like oh my gosh the struggle and this and trying to figure out this and okay yeah seriously all this stuff in the world going on like when and he's like i'm prolonging i'm waiting till the fullness of time i was reading a verse today that said um he's not going to return until it's time and he ain't gonna be late when he does it so we're always like oh yeah when i do it i'll be on time whenever it is it will probably won't seem like that to us but at the time it will be the right time and the same thing with the restoration of our families when it happens it'll be the right time because sometimes it might be mutual like okay I might still be in the I told you so phase. So I might need to feel really bad for you too. Like, <laughs> you know, you, it, it, it's, it, it happens on both sides. So let's go to um, Deuteronomy 30 and 3. And it has to do with the idea of returning. And this is Yah. Um, funny, because they hadn't even been kicked out of the land yet. But Yah is talking to, talking to the children of Israel at this time. And he's talking about not only them, but us too. Because he's, he's prophetically speaking because they haven't even made it in. Deuteronomy 30 and 3. Mm-hmm. Or if a woman makes a vow to the Lord. Is that 30? Mm-mm. No, Deuteronomy 30 and 3. Oh, I was just going to say, my Bible is really different than I was thinking that maybe I better ask questions because I'm slow. She's like, oh, no. You got to ask. She's like, I'm not getting that sound the same. I really didn't find it, but... I was like, I know where that's from, but I don't think that's... 30 and 3? Uh-huh. Okay. 
three, right here. I got it. I have it. Yeah, I got it. Hold on. Okay. My numbers are so small, they're running together. I need a new Bible, but I just love this one because it's marked up. Right, you know where to find stuff in it? <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. That the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. Mm hmm. Now, isn't that crazy? This is Deuteronomy where he says, I'm going to draw you back from all the nations. Wait, we're only going into Canaan right now. Who said we were going into all the nations? So he's speaking, one, a parent knows the tendency of their own children. He knew it from the beginning. When I, It's just like when you, ugh, my brother. It's like, you know, if you give somebody like him they're $100. You know, and it's say like bringing back my change, you ain't getting it back, <laughs> right? And so if you know a people who he says, you are hard, you are stiff-necked and hard-hearted. So knowing that about your children, then you know that there are going to be some reprimanding and some consequences that come along with it. So he's like, okay, I'm giving you this land and this is your land. I promise it to your father, Abraham, you're good, but... When I put you into captivity into all the nations, I'm sure the people were sitting there like, Moses and got old and he's starting to slip. Like, <laughs> but no, he's telling exactly what Yah said. I'm, you're going to go into captivity. So then what is the blessing of not only going to captivity, but returning? Every time you go into captivity and then return. No, every time you go into captivity and return, what happens is, you're going to bring somebody back with you. So, yes, it's a negative. <laughs> yes, it's a negative. But also, you're going to bring back your children. And then your companions and the people that you meet when you go these places. So, Yah is not only using our captivity to punish us, but he's also using it for redemption of the other nations. And so, he's saying, I'm going to return. So, I'm going to give you some more verses. Genesis 28. And they're on here, so you don't have to write them down. Genesis 28 and 15. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, go ahead. You got it? It's on the return. It's on the return. Yeah. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Okay? Genesis 48 and 21. Then Israel said to Yosef, Behold, I am about to die, but Yah will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. Deuteronomy 4, 27. Yahuwah will scatter you among the peoples. And you will be left few in number among the nations where Yahuwah drives you. Deuteronomy 13, 17. Nothing from that which is put under the ban shall cling to your hand, in order that Yahuwah may turn from his burning anger and show mercy to you, and have compassion on you, and make you increase, just as he has sworn to your fathers. Nehemiah or Nehemiah 1, 9. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, Though those of you who have been scattered were in the most remote part of the heavens, I will gather them from there and will bring them to the place where I have chosen to cause my name to dwell. Job 42.10 Yahuwah restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends, and Yahuwah increased all that Job had twofold. And Psalm 107.3 and and gather thee and gather from the lands, from the east and from the west, and from the north and from the south. Psalm 126 and 1. A song of ascents. Oh, and actually, I'll save that one for later because that's my end one. Okay, oh. Psalm 147, 2. Yahuwah builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. So the whole idea of 
the family, and this is what will pretty much launch everything else off of from this point, is the whole idea of this process of prolonging, renewal, and return. This is redemption. And we're going to see these constant processes through the family. And as women, we have to be sensitive to these processes. Because, you know, men hold grudges a lot worse than women do. And in a lot of in a lot of cases, especially when it comes to male children, mm-hmm. where they're like, "No, he's out. He can never come back." And you're yeah. like, "Well, you know, he's he's sorry now. I'm not. I you know what he did was unforgivable." And this whole picture of Yah dealing with the nation of people um, is something that should be impressed upon our hearts as we deal not only with our families but other people, and as we minister to other people and showing that redemption and the ministry of reconciliation. As I think, is it Corinthians or Colossians? Um, it's one of those. The ministry of reconciliation is that is, is a part of our faith. Mm-hmm. Re- reconciling and bringing things back to balance or shalom or peace is part of what we do as a people. Right. And we don't only do it for us, we do it for the whole world. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell I'm going to give you uh, this verse and another one. So there's a verse in, I believe it's Romans. And um, uh, I should know this one by heart. Because I'm actually writing the book I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. Actually directly deals with this verse. Okay, Romans 8. And it deals with... Um, so he starts with Romans 8, 18. Oh, let's go to 17. And if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of Yah and co-heirs with Hamasiah. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that our present sufferings are not comparable to the glory that will, be, that will be revealed in us. This is the part I'm talking about. The creation waits. So that's just not us and us waiting. But the creation waits in eager expectation for the revelation of the sons of Yah. So our, our life and our walk as believers is not just ours personally. It doesn't actually deal with our family. It starts with our family. But Yah's... Yeah, and creation is waiting for us to put things in order and to restore and get ready for redemption. So it's like the same thing. Um, when, like I was talking about the Persian rug. Mm-hmm. When the Persian rug gets torn, then the Persian rug goes to the repair shop. Mm-hmm. But then after the Persian rug is fixed, it's waiting for its owner to come redeem it. It's the same thing with us. So yes, the, the, I, the picture of being restored or is pro, it can be prolonged. Where you might, we might be a mess. <laughs> and it might take some time to get yeah. us back in shape. But once the renewal process is happening and we're ready, then the master comes and redeems. But he's not going to get us before our time. Because to pluck a fruit too soon, you don't really receive, you don't really receive the, the fullness of it. Uh, we had a watermelon when the watermelons first started putting on. So I was excited. I was like, no, it's big. It's big and it was kind of yellow under the belly. So I was like, no, it's ready. I said, I know it don't look like it's ready, but it's ready. So Marvin was like, no. And I was like, it's ready. And so I pulled it and he was like, <sighs> cut it open. And just right in the very middle, it was sweet. But all the rest <laughs> was not done. So guess what I ended up having to do? I had to throw it to the chickens. So when you pull something too soon, you waste. And so yeah, is not a wasteful yeah. So, I got another verse um, that just came to my mind. So, is that like like you see someone that you think should be a certain way or should be at a certain point and they're not? Is that 
mean it's the same thing it's because if you're talking about those who are yes they're just like fruit he can he tells he's like you can tell a person by their fruit it's just like fruit so if a person everybody's process while it's the same it's individual and some people resist like you have and you don't like for instance we have the greens where some greens put on like crazy but then some greens are just a favorite for bugs and you have some people whose lives are just like that, where they are just surrounded by chaos oh. and they can never seem to get the holes and oh, the bugs yes. and the leeches yes. and the bites and the, they just can't seem to get their roots deep enough to stay stable. Mm-hmm. You have people like that. And so yeah. instead of waiting and looking, what I did when I saw the greens are having trouble was I took some, um, it's diatomaceous earth, but it kills like exoskeleton bugs and worms and critters like that. And I sprinkled it under the greens now i can't do more than that i'm not going to transplant them because that's going to put them in a shock and i'm not going to keep trying to baby them and not and neglect the other plants i can do what i can and then in their time they'll do what they're supposed to do it's the same thing with people i can look and say okay i can't change the fact that you are are, draw a lot of bs to your life but what i can do is when i see a couple of things i can deflect them but at, but at a particular point, I can't neglect everything else that's going on and just deal with that. I notice, um, just as a child, I notice I have trouble, other siblings who are troubled. And it mm-hmm. seems like parents tend to put all the time into the ones that are troubled. And then the ones who are fine, it's like, but you're fine. But they also have needs. They are just more self-sufficient. Yes, I'm flourishing. My leaves right. look good. Right. But somebody got to pick these leaves too. You know, like, and so, and you feel bad because in the negative... The, the children who need all the help then look and be like well why are you giving to the one that has it all mm-hmm. but it's more favorable to give to the one that bears fruit than to keep throwing into a plant that is never going to yield anything and so Yeshua does I mean well Yah does that in the parable of the talents he gives all these people you get 10 you get 7 you get 3 or whatever and he said and not whatever in the, but I can't remember um, and the person who had 1 or 3 he takes it and he buries it and doesn't do anything with right, it right and y'all didn't say, oh, no, no, let's give you another chance. I'm yeah. sure you can do it. He goes, no, I'm taking yours. I'm giving to the person that yielded the tenfold. And you, you're get away from me because you have the potential and I keep investing in you. But you don't want to yield anything because it's not that you have an issue with you. You have an issue with a whole bunch of other things. And it seems like you have an issue with me. And so you have this, you have these people who guilt trip you in that same process but if you don't want to go through the same process that everybody else is going through some people just wear their troubles a little bit better mm-hmm. but everybody's going through the same process prolonged where it, t- it seems like it's long and it ain't gonna ever end and then this idea of renewal and then this idea of return and the people who can endure to the end like scripture mm-hmm. says mm-hmm. are always going to get the return those who want to always stop the process short or say it's too hard or don't want to do it mm-hmm. then they don't and so it's a part it's a it's a perseverance thing it's a it's a survival tactic too you have to go all the way through with those things so um james 1 4 and i'm sure you guys all know this one james says but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfected and complete lacking nothing that's the process it has to be completed to its fullness and the whole idea of the redemption and and of our people and the restoration and people like for me a big thing for me is like oh my gosh yeah i i know all this stuff is true when is it gonna hit the masses so people stop thinking i'm crazy like i mean i i see pockets of people like um this year at the olympics the only 
male weightlifting Olympian mm -hmm. is a black guy and he's a Hebrew Israelite. He wears his oh. tassels and oh. he's like all oh. in. And he's and he's like a big deal. He's a vegan too of all those things. Oh. Gabby Douglas has Elohim on her leotard oh, when she did. Well. So I'm saying like you have these people in pockets, but I see it. But I'm waiting for everybody else to get excited about it so they can stop saying, oh, y'all just want to go back to the old... You know, it's like a... When is it going to happen? But it has to happen at the right time. Because if it happens too soon, if you read... Well, I'm referring to the book of Revelation again. The whole plan of Hasatan from the beginning is to destroy Yah's people. He came to destroy Yeshua, try to tempt him and get him to jump off, the, jump off a ledge and kill himself. And every, all the time. Because why? He knows who the people are. But if we're revealed too soon, it's just like a baby. If a baby's brought forth too soon, then they struggle. And they can be birth defects. And there can be all these different things. And then if there's not that, it's just that sense of vulnerability having your child in the world before their time. And so it's the same thing with us as a nation. It's fragile. People are still dealing with people in church coming against them and telling them with this and this and this. And so to bring something forth too soon can also be to the destruction of it. When Yah took the children of Israel, um, or the Hebrews, I should say, out of, or children of Israel is fine, out of Egypt, he says, now go down the long way, lest they go through where the Philistines are and turn back. It's something about when you knew things are a little bit shaky. You need to, you need your confidence and that renewal, that restoration where Yah's like, no, no, I got you. I'm going to feed you and see, I'm fighting your battles and see, and all of a sudden it works. So it's like, he says, you run and not grow weary. Then or you fly, you mount up on wings like an eagle and then you'll run and not grow weary and then walk. It's a really backwards process if you look at it. I'm going to fly first. Then I'm going to run down the walk. Why? Well, I'm flying because I can't really deal with my problems. So I got to fly over them. I'm going to run through them because I still can't, but I'm on foot. But they're all around me. But eventually, I'll be able to walk through them. And then they'll be like nothing. And so at that point then, y'all's like, now you're ready. Now you're ready to be revealed because now you can withstand everything. Because right now, oh, your family seems like a lot. What about when the whole world... <laughs> Begins to come against you. And when you have to sit back and watch me fight for you. Are you going to try to jump in and defend yourself? No, because you've already been through so many things. And he's fought so many battles. That you're comfortable allowing him to fight, to fight for you. So everything is a step by step. It's step by step. We always want to skip steps. But it's, it's just. It's not right. So I'm going to read to you Psalm 126. And then we'll end um, with that. And this one is a song of ascent. So I think um, on Shabbat, Moray went through a song of ascent and dealt with how it, it builds as it, as it happens. That's the whole thing of ascent. And so it says, now this, this one got me today. I was like, wow. It says, when Yahuwah then, oh, let me preface. So this is David talking. Mm -hmm. This is a prophetic psalm because remember, David was a king who didn't experience a captivity. So he's talking about something in the future. So David obviously is a prophet king. He's both. So it says, when Yahuwah turned again the captivity of Zion, mm -hmm. we were like them that dream. It was like a dream. Mm -hmm. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, Yahuwah hath done great things for them. Yahuwah hath done great things for us, wherefore we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Yahuwah, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth 
bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Isn't that something? So you see that process. He says, you're going to go forth weeping, but then your, your tears are like seeds and they're being planted. And then you're going to come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So your tears and your struggle and your turmoil reap fruit. They're going to, I mean, they're going to bear fruit. And you don't see it at first. When you're in the midst of it, you can't see it. But he's saying, like, look at this. And even the other people around you are going to go, huh, he has done great things for them. The people that are actually tur- turmoiling and going through, he's like, don't, don't count that as nothing. Because I see all of that. And that will be what you, I, you're going to reap because of that. Because we don't cry and we don't turmoil and we don't ask for restoration, renewal, and redemption. Because we're not going through things. And because we're not going through trials. It's because we are. And even those who put us in those situations, they'll also have to stand there and say, but look at, yeah, and they've done great things for him. So it's a process. It is a process. So as we move forward in dealing with the family and how we're supposed to operate in the family as women and as mothers and as wives and as grandmothers and all these things, we'll remember this process. I wanted to lay a groundwork again for the process through all of this because it never changes you have grandkids that get older and they go through things and you have their kids and you know family and it's just it's a it's an ever going process but if you understand the process then when it happens it's not surprising i mean when i'm sure when jade goes through her teenage years it's going to be a terrible feat maybe because i'm dealing with carly so maybe it won't be so bad but when jade does it it's probably rough when ari does it, i'll expect certain things right and so I'll know certain things are just age appropriate and she'll grow out of them. And so the same thing with having the word and knowing the process of redemption and restoration. When you see these particular things happen, you know that at least they're in the process. Some people never get in the process and that's a dangerous place to be. But at least knowing that they're in the process gives you a hope that there will be a restoration and a redemption. That's what I was going to say. Now, some people, that's what I was going to say. Some people never go through that process. Nope. Right. Which is sad. It but, is. Yeah. But they never do. And like you said, I see I see people that it just seems like there's always chaos and mess and, and then you just you I don't know, you just don't want to be there sometimes <laughs> so much. You wonder how do those people do how do they do that all day in and day out with that all that chaos and stuff but, around them. But you're not in a, and it's not, you're not in a bad place. It feels like that as humans. Cause like, how can I feel like that? Cause we have our own share of things, mm-hmm. but yeah, when you're in a position where you have, where you as a parent, cause we always view Yah as a father. Yah did that. He was like, I'm not going to sit around and watch you guys get out my land and actually get from in front of my face. Cause I'm tired mm-hmm. of seeing it. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's the same thing. We all get to that point too. Where it's like, I have friends, like I have a friend like that, I love her to death, but she keeps following these same cycles. And guess what? I love you, I love your child, I love my family, I love, but you have to get from, you have to get out of my presence because what you're doing to yourself is hurting me. 
because I care so much. It's the yeah. same thing. So you don't want to get in this pro- until you want to get in this process. I'm not. I'm not dragging you into it. Because mm-hmm. the first step, you hear this in all kind of AA, is admitting that you have a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to admit that. Yeah. If 